it's the next level. You need a plan. I want to be on the radio. He wants to be on radio. But to be on the radio, you have to have a voice. You have to have some verbal ability. You hardly ever say a word. I talk. This is ridiculous. I don't understand. You need to grow up. Is that Pat? No way. Oh, man, I love that guy. We'll put no more tears on the label. But it does make you cry. I know. Now for the show that's truly too hot to handle. It's the Melting Pack, and it starts right now. You're listening to the Melting Pack. Here's your host, Pat Johnson. Boy, thank you, Jerome. Hey, friends, welcome to the show, the Melting Pack, the Next Level Network. Today is a big day. If you don't like wrestling, well... Sorry to say, today's not for you, because this weekend, today, and tomorrow, WrestleMania 37. So, of course, my dear friend Matt Shaw joined me to break it all down. We had a great time. It is a long episode, FYI. I I don't know. I like to let you know that at the top, so you know what you're getting into. Um, So if that's not your thing, then I'll talk to you next week, doing whatever it is that we do. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, that's on the docket for today. All right? That's all I got to tell you. Anything else? Any uh, newsy bits or housekeeping items I have to tell you about before we do that? Other than the captain. Um, No, I think we're good. I think we are all good on that front. So let us turn it over. This is the quickest show intro I've ever done. (laughs) So let us turn it over to the captain. I hope who will tell us what is going on with the Fly Guys. Good sir, the floor is yours. Take it away. Hey, Flyers fans. Mark back at you again with another Flyers. Guys, uh, you know, uh, I guess the update's a little bit better this time. The Flyers are nearing the trade deadline. They're going to try to make a couple of moves. They're trying to be buyers, and they're trying to be sellers. So let's jump in to the recap. So the Flyers ended up losing to the Islanders on their home ice, 3-2 to two in the shootout back on Saturday. Then followed it up with a very strong game against Boston. In Boston, they ended up winning... Three to two in overtime, uh, but another tough game came through with Boston. Ended up losing four to two, and the Flyers came back home after that on Tuesday. Then Thursday ended up losing in the shootout to the Islanders, three to two in Long Island. But the Flyers have some strong games coming up, some tough games coming up. So they're going to end up taking on Boston at home today, and then they're going to be taking on Buffalo at home tomorrow so a little bit of back-to-back action we'll see how the flyers can bounce back with that then on tuesday they're going down to washington to play the capitals and then on thursday taking a trip out west and going to be taking on the pittsburgh penguins so again the flyers are looking to be buyers and sellers they really are looking for a veteran or strong-minded defenseman but they're also trying to move some pieces they're talking about scott law and he's got a lot of buzz around his name for the trade deadline and Nolan Patrick. Unfortunately, the young winger just has not been able to make things happen since being the second overall pick. 
out last year with those migraines, and now this year just has not been able to find a spot in Elaine Vigneault's offense, unfortunately. So, guys, we'll see what the Flyers can do. I am excited to see what they can do down the stretch here. They are on the door knocking on a playoff spot. So, what? Uh, what happens in the next couple weeks are going to really define the rest of the season. So that's what you get with a shortened season. Every game counts. So guys, that's it for me here inside the Melting Pad on Next Level Radio. And thank you, my friend, to Melting Pat, the Next Level Network. Again, just in case he wasn't there, then there's a sound effect or something or other. And um, yeah, there you go. That's all the stuff that we have to tell you for today. Before we get to the big part of the thing, um, yeah, we'll do all the legal stuff and whatnot after the uh, the chat here. But for now, my dear friend Matt Shaw returned to the show. He again called from his car, doing his business things and picking up his sushi. So we did have to take a couple of breaks in here. Uh, we tried to make it as not super awkward as possible. Uh, did we succeed? I don't know. We just finished chatting and I haven't edited any of that yet. So uh, you be the judge, I guess, as uh, here's my dear friend Matt Shaw and I breaking all of the things down. Or WrestleMania 37. You know, Matt, I was thinking the other day, how's that for a smooth transition from pre-show baby talk to WrestleMania? Uh, <laughs> this is actually the sixth time I've had you on to do this. This That's something else, man. Wow. Is there, so I guess the first time was Mania 32 in Dallas. Is that right? Yeah, I believe you called me from uh, from outside the venue. Wow. Now I'm calling you on my way to a mailbox. I guess times have changed, but, <laughs> but yes, like you're saying, you have uh, on your neck of the woods, it's baby chatter and I'm picking up uh, hopefully some business letters from a mailbox and I guess times have changed, but uh, we're still nerds at heart. That sounds very suspicious, Matt. I got to tell you, the, the business you're dealing with sounds very shady. <laughs> I just I and I'm okay with it. <laughs> I didn't want to dive into it. It's 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 a it's a mailbox for our our business back at home. So uh, it's nothing shady about it. It's just uh, it's just chores that don't have anything to do with wrestling. And I guess that we're far way away from that than we were six years ago. He's going to uh, to pick up some unmarked bags in an abandoned warehouse, <laughs> and uh, you know if Matt cuts out, it means something went wrong, and we'll have to fill in the rest of the show without him. I think that's what's going to, that's what might happen here today. Just call Kelbert. Yeah, that'd be great. Just get him right in. Uh, so Matt, you know, we're both excited about this because we're nerds and we love wrestling, but man, I don't know if we're on the same page here, but this build for WrestleMania has been not great. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I, I've been so checked out and turned off by the weekly TV. I, I always try my best to stay in touch with it and, it's easier than ever to without actually sitting on USA Network. Like I'll just scroll through Instagram or whatever and kind of have a decent idea of where they're going with some things. But I agree, it's uh, it's been pretty lackluster. The card on paper looks okay, you know, but you can't help but get excited for WrestleMania no matter how poor the card is or how poor the build has been. Because once the week of kind of strikes, you know, you just kind of catch the fever and nostalgia and it's fun. Yeah, and I like that, again, they're doing two nights and that's probably... Uh, I would think pandemic related, but you and I have talked about it several times. They should really make this a permanent thing. And I, I think if the if money is an issue, then you double your gate for t you get two days of full houses when we can go back to filling houses around the country. And I, I don't see why they wouldn't continue a two day extravaganza. Do you think 
that they are only hesitant on that because they aren't confident if they could fill an 80,000 seat arena when it's actually 80,000 two nights in a row? Or do you think that there are other issues in logistics that are around that? Um, I would have to say logistics because if you think about WrestleMania, like it sells out months before anybody knows what's on the card, right? It sells out on its name. And I would think it's at this point, they still have those good graces. Who knows, you know, how far down the ladder they are, so to speak. But um, I would think there's some kind of logistical thing stopping them from doing full house two days of gate to collect a lot of that revenue. I don't know. That's that's me. I don't know what their inner workings are. But as a fan, I prefer two nights. Yeah, I do, too, especially as a fan at home. You know, I'm thinking if I was a paying customer, you know, it's hard because you obviously would have the option to go to either night or both. And let's just say you can only afford one of the nights, but yet you don't know who you're paying to see. I think that is a difficult buy for not a hardcore fan, if that makes sense. So let's say if I'm a big Bray Wyatt fan and it's around November when tickets go on sale, I don't know whether to buy night one or night two to go see my favorite wrestler, you know? So it's kind of tricky on that end, but I'm sure that they can get it around it some way. I didn't even think about that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are people who will think like, hey, I want to see this guy. And you're kind of taking a gamble, which would be really unfortunate. But at the same time, I mean, you've sat in eight, nine hour shows and that's not it's not ideal, right? No, I I mean, I come as diehard as it gets. And when I'm ready to leave at WrestleMania, something is kind of wrong there. Like I remember uh, I was lucky enough to go to 35 in Jersey. And uh, towards the end of it, I was having a great time, don't get me wrong, but like, I think we were all kind of, the whole crowd, like, was kind of ready to go. You know, it was, it was like nearing seven hours. The show started at five, it was maybe quarter to one. It was pretty crazy. Like, I was, I'm not complaining at the quality of the show and how much fun I had, but it was quite a commitment, you know, it was a, it's a tough show to sit through at times. And, you know, sometimes less is more. You know, look at NXT, for example. Could they put on a five-hour show if they wanted to? Sure. But they leave their audience always wanting more by doing these two-and-a-half-hour shows, and they're always highly, you know, acclaimed. And I'm all for a wrestling show ending before 10 o'clock. Maybe that's, I'm getting old or I'm, you know, becoming a dad soon, but I'm all for, if this ends before 10.30 every night, I'm good. <laughs> I think you answered your own question. I think that's like the dad, the dad genes already coming out. <laughs> That's got to be it. Uh, But these days, Matt, I've been watching the Hulu cuts of the TV because I honestly, I can't sit through three hours of Monday Night Raw. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. And so the drawback of that is I'm like at the mercy of what some producer somewhere decides to put in this hour and a half cut of Raw. And an issue with that, maybe it's a big deal, maybe it's not. There's a tag team turmoil match for the women's... uh, women's titles to determine who's going to face that's night one we're going to do night one and then i think we got a break for your uh your interesting adventure and then we'll do night two and we'll go from there but yeah so i don't know anything about this turmoil match the only team that's been featured in the last month on these hulu cuts is italian tamina so by virtue of me only really seeing them i think they're going to win I guess. I mean, do they even have a women's tag division anymore? It's just like they just slap two people together and it's just, it's a total mess. It's, it's a complete mess. I just hope for a decent match and it's a, it's a complete cluster. 
I mean, it's uh, Lana and Naomi, who I think a few weeks ago on Raw were dressed like the dynamic dudes. Uh, <laughs> Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, the Riot Squad, and Italian Tamina. So, I mean, yeah, half of those teams just seem to be haphazardly thrown together several months ago. And now, hey, we got a big show coming up. Let's uh, put them in a big match. So the winners are getting a shot at WrestleMania or after WrestleMania? At WrestleMania. So that's the turmoil is night one. And then night two, the winner faces uh, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Gotcha. All right. And who's your pick for that? Based on the fact that I've only really seen Natalia and Tamina on TV in the last month, uh, give me Natalia and Tamina. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I honestly have no there idea. There you go. <laughs> Some hardcore analysis here for you, Patty. But, I mean, do I not know or do I just not give a shit? Or either, I'm not really sure. But I guess I appreciate that the Riot Squad is actually its own team. And it's been a team for quite a long time, so I'm going to take them. I like it. I also like the Riot Squad, so I would like to see them get a nice little push. Me too, and I, I wouldn't mind if they won the belts on night two. I think that'd be nice and kind of hit the reset button on this whole thing and let them ha- have a nice little baby face run with the belts. If they're even baby face, I have no idea. To tell you the truth, Matt, I don't know either. <laughs> Haven't seen him on TV in like a month, so I, I can't answer that one for you. <laughs> well, I wish him the best of luck. Uh, there you go. Uh, speaking of seeing nothing, so New Day is defending the Raw Tag Team titles against AJ Styles, and I think it's Omas, how you say his name? The big guy. Um, I've seen nothing of this feud. However, I'm looking forward to seeing what Omas can do in the ring. The guy is massive, and I mean, I think you and I have talked about this before. If he can work an ounce, he's going to be a star, right? Yeah, I agree, right? I mean, he's got obviously the size and the look and, you know, he's, he's a monster. So if he can just work a lick and sell a bit and, you know, not kill anybody in the ring, I think he'll do very well for himself. So um, I'm kind of looking forward to it in that regard. But I'm also a little disappointed that this is the role that AJ Styles has for WrestleMania. You know, I mean, he's... His track record has been the likes of Jericho, Undertaker, Randy Orton. And for him to just kind of be this vehicle, this throwaway vehicle to uh, wrestle in the tag title match seems seems like something did not come to plan. Like, it doesn't really seem right that this is his role. Like, I don't know. I know there's a rumored Triple H feud for a long time that never happened. So I don't know if that just didn't come to fruition. So they kind of stuck him in this tag but and it seems like an odd role i mean what do you think yeah it's kind of i don't want to say that it seems like he's pushed down the card but that's kind of what this is and for a guy like him you just listed off a bunch of great opponents he's had at wrestlemania to go to this just seems like i don't know like they weren't sure like maybe like you said this wasn't plan a i think that's maybe what this is perhaps and hopefully it's just a decent little undercard match and I don't know. I'm kind of like the women's tag. I mean, if this is the tag title match for me, like Styles and Omos, have they ever even tagged like before? Like I know they've been together for a while, but Omos hasn't even had a match, right? Yeah, I think this will be his first match in WWE, which I mean, goddamn, dude, like your first match of your career in the company is at their biggest show. God bless you. Good luck. Yeah, I think uh, I think Fandango might be the only other guy to do that, right? And that was his win over Jericho, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like both women and the men's tag divisions are just such a complete mess. But thankfully, um, the men's belts does have AJ to kind of salvage it. And New Day is excellent. They're like a great team and a great stable for all these years. So I respect that an actual team is holding the belts. But it just, it's just everything is so flat there. You know, it, it just has no... Like, the fact is, I'm not excited that it's a tag title match. I'm excited because I get to see this guy debut, right? So, like you said, there's no feud. It's just kind of, okay, it's this guy's debut. Let's see what he's got. Yeah, I think that's going to be a common theme. Like, there's not a lot of heat in a few of these that we're going to talk about. But um, speaking of tag matches, Bad Bunny. Now, I want to say, they just made this a tag match this week. And I thought that was weird. I mean, I get Bad Bunny's your celebrity. He wants to be a wrestler. He's bringing the eyes, and that's good. I have no problem with that. If he can work, great. If he can't, well, he's not a wrestler, so that's actually not too bad either. But now we have Damian Priest teaming up with Bad Bunny, Miz and Morrison. The thing I'm stuck on is why this wasn't a tag match from the beginning, because you had a chance to build Damian Priest, your NXT call-up, and they didn't. And it's just really weird. Yeah, I was surprised that they made it a singles, but I'm glad that they made it a tag because it's a little more palatable. You can kind of hide Bad Bunny if you need to. Uh, I'm kind of all for this match. I don't mind it at all. I think it's going to be pretty entertaining. And I think Damian Priest has a huge upside. I'm not quite sure where the ceiling is, but I don't know. Maybe he doesn't really have a side. I think he's got a great look. He's really talented. Uh, He cuts a good promo. Uh, he might be like a little miscast, like his character is a little confusing to me. Like, I don't know. He's like this archer biker guy who I have no, I like, I have no idea what his character is, but I think once he figures it out, I think that he'll do really well. So I'm excited that he's on the mania card. Um, Bad Bunny seems like a legit fan. And I honestly hadn't heard of him before this appearance, but apparently he's a fairly large celebrity. So I think it's a win-win, and I think it's a great great idea to pair Priest with him just so he can kind of uh, get some more exposure and kind of uh, have something to do while they kind of work out the kinks with his character. So and Miz and Morrison are kind of doing their thing, and it's crazy to think Miz was champion like a month ago, but here he is and kind of trying his best to get this feud over. So I, I think it's a, I, I have no problems with this at all. I think it'll be pretty good. What do you think? I think Miz is doing a good job getting this over. Um, because I think The Miz is excellent and has been for several years. And yeah, that is weird. He was just WWE champion a few weeks ago, and now um, he's in the token celebrity match. But I think this could be good. And uh, Damian Priest, as far as I know, is an archer, but he like stole Chuck Palumbo's wardrobe from like 2003. That's really all <laughs> that I know about Damian Priest. I don't know if that's good or bad, but or if anybody but you rem- remembers that. But <laughs> there you go. Pat, you're talking to the right guy. I'm a big Chuck Palumbo fan. There it is. <laughs> now, I Did you find it really weird, too, that, like, if people wonder, like, what's the difference between the Attitude Era and this era? So Bad Bunny had, like, a Lamborghini, right? Or, or had some sort of car on Monday, right? I have no idea. Some incredibly expensive vehicle. And it was destroyed by the heels, right? And we were supposed to feel bad for Bad Bunny that his million-dollar car got ruined. But if you were to... Go back to when wrestling was most successful. The guy with the really expensive car was a complete, <laughs> and we wanted the car to get destroyed <laughs> by the babyface, like how Austin would fill up the cement 
the uh, take the cement truck and fill it up with McMahon's car. And that was like a great moment in raw history. But here we are, we flipped the roles. It just shows like how kind of out of touch the booking is at times to where we're supposed to feel bad for this million dollar celebrity that his car got painted on. I, it just, do you understand? Like, I, I feel like I'm doing a poor job explaining, but like, it doesn't make any sense. No, actually, I think you explained that pretty well. It's just like when somebody's fancy thing gets destroyed, you expect that to be the bad guy and you expect to cheer. Like when, uh, going a little more recently, Kofi had that, uh, was on top of the car that Randy Orton had from whoever was on Raw, the NASCAR guys or whatever. And, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, it was, it was around that. And that was like, Kofi was the baby face. Orton obviously was the heel. And you're like, yeah, he got him. He, you know, he messed with his stuff. Like doing it with a baby face just doesn't like, I don't feel bad for you. I don't really. Cause like you're a millionaire, first of all. And also you're not the guy I'm supposed to feel bad for. Like you're supposed to be the guy I'm rooting for. I shouldn't have to like be like, Oh man, poor guy. Like, no, it doesn't work when you're the baby face slash celebrity. I don't know. It doesn't, I don't know. It just was whatever. I'm sure it's not, won't make or break the buy rate for this show, but I'm just saying it's just kind of, no. uh, <laughs> just kind of is like a disconnect. Like it just shows where they were so on the money with this stuff with destroying heels things like rich heels, you know, have like JBL's limo gets destroyed or, you know, McMahon's Corvette gets destroyed, but you, and then uh, Ms. and Morrison bring out like preschool waterproof finger paint to put on, the Lamborghini is just like, it's just so, it was so stupid, but as is wrestling at times. I mean, I don't think we're the target audience at this point, Matt. So <laughs> that could be part of it too. You mean men in their, <laughs> you mean that neck beards <laughs> in their early thirties aren't the demo, demo anymore? I, you know, somehow I think we're, uh, we're past it. <laughs> ah, damn. Is that why every time I go in WWE shop that I'm so disappointed? Yes. That's exactly why. Oh, man, we could probably go another 20 on shirt designs, but we won't because you have to go meet some shadowy figures. Uh, <laughs> I think speaking of like weird disconnected feuds that I don't think are for me, I think that's what it is. This Shane McMahon, Braun Strowman feud, it's bad. It's really bad. And I don't see how this helps anyone long term or even short term. Like there's nothing here. Shane's a bully, and we're supposed to feel bad for Braun Strowman, who's 6'8", 370 pounds. And I keep thinking back to probably about 10, 11 years ago with uh, Piggy James, when Michelle McCool and Layla were making fun of Mickey James. Only yeah. this is a less interesting version of that. Do you agree? Yeah, that's a good comparison. It's just like this unnecessary bullying. I feel like it's not as harsh because like, I feel like they, it was like this horrible fat shaming thing they were doing a while ago, but the same idea where they're just trying to like bury Strowman by calling him stupid and making fun of his intelligence. And it's just like, I don't understand. I agree. Like it's a total disconnect. Like who does this even appeal to? And they've shown in the past to where if you were to just reverse the roles with Shane McMahon, where he is like this baby face that jumps off of high things against big talent, it makes for a pretty entertaining match. But when you reverse the roles and the baby face is this giant who has his feelings hurt, it's just so much less appealing. So to your point, it, I don't know, man. It's just this feud came out of left field. There's no heat. 
Uh, I don't think anybody really gives a about it, but I just expect that everybody's looking for the last final bump after a probably like 15 minute brawl and it'll be replayed as this huge WrestleMania moment when really nobody cared about it. <laughs> and I'm a, as big a Shane McMahon fan as they come, as you know. So that part of it has me looking forward to this. But beyond that, it's like, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. I don't understand. Like, I could probably think of a million other people for Shane to feud with and help get them over if he even has that power anymore to get, help people get over. Like, I think that match with Styles that he had a couple of years back was incredible. I thought his feud with Owens was really good, where they were in Hell in a Cell. I really enjoyed that. I thought that got Owens over pretty well because he was, like, beating up Vince. And I thought he did a really good job there. But ever since he turned heel, I don't think he's done very good for anybody. Like, his feud with Miz was flat. Then he went nowhere. And then he turned babyface in the Raw Underground. Then he turned heel again. Like, since... I mean, he's been a mess. I don't know. So far, Pat, I haven't had one good thing to say about this card, so I might take it back at all. I'm not excited whatsoever for this show. <laughs> well, maybe you'll get excited about this, man. Cesaro Rollins. Oh, this is a good one. This should steal the show, right? Excellent. All right. Great, Pat. This was a great idea to talk about this, man. I'm super excited for this. This will be really, really, really good. And uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I don't have much analysis on it. I don't really care that this doesn't have much of a feud to it. It's just, it seems very standard if I'm not wrong, like, which is fine. You did me wrong, so I hate you now. Let's have a match at Mania. Fine. I'd rather that than you call Cesaro stupid over and over again or something weird. So give these guys 15 minutes and uh, let them have a great match. I'm really looking forward to it. What do you think? With guys like this, there are some points where you don't need a heavy feud. Like all you need is, hey, you, uh, you disrespected me. Now I want to beat your ass. And I think we're just going to get, I hope, that we get a good, you know, solid 15-20 and, you know, they tear the house down on Saturday night. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, they're night one? Uh, yes, this whole segment is night one. Yes. Okay, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. All right, great. Perfect. That sounds good to me. So I'm really looking forward to that. So, all right, you saved it, Patty. I'm, really, I'm excited again for it. I probably should have done that one last, but uh, tradition <laughs> dictates that the world title should go last. So we're going to dump on that in a minute. Uh, but first, Bianca Sasha, SmackDown Women's title. And I let me say this first, and then I'll end with the good thing. I'm not digging this version of Sasha. The original stuff kind of killed it for me. However, I think this is time for Bianca Belair to become a star. I agree. Um, I just want to ask real quick. Well, I want to mention, too, I'm glad that Cesaro's finally getting a push, first and foremost. So I think this is his first singles match at Mania ever in the 10 years that he's been with the company. So I think it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it is, actually. They brought that up the other day, I think. Oh, they did? Okay, that's cool. So great. Anyway, sorry, to move on. Um, now, for Sasha, is she she's still babyface? Is that right? I think she's turned at this point, but it's like there's a really weird blurred line, I think, between what's going on here. I, I'm really kind of lost in this because Carmella's... Uh, whatever they call him, sommelier, boy toy, Reginald, he was a heel. And so Sasha going, you know, going against him was a baby face. But now against Belair, she's a heel. I don't really know what's going on. Well, if I hope that she is heel because I think if you do face on face here, I think it's a disaster for, for Belair because I, I feel like she would lose that popularity contest unless Sasha was a heel. 
So if she did turn, I'm in favor for it. But I agree, the include, like including the Reginald character, like character that's really not over or like doesn't have much exposure to the audience outside of the past month or so is kind of weird because I think this actually has a shot to main event night one. And like the focal point of the feud has been Reginald for a while. So it's a little strange. I don't know, but I, based on what you just said, I agree with that last part. And I think that's really all that matters here is that Belair is going to be made into a star in this match. It's not really about the destination, like the journey. And in this one, it's about the destination because I feel like the journey is a little banged up. Like it's not so great, you know, because you're, like you said, the Sasha character is a little confusing. The Reginald involvement isn't ideal, but the bottom line is if these girls go like, 12 to 15 minutes, even longer, who knows, and have a great match and Belair goes over with her finish, you have a star. And I think that's really all that they want out of this whole thing. And I like that you brought up the idea of this main eventing night one, uh, because I think if you want to make Bianca, you know, have them go 12-15, and the last shot on night one is Bianca Belair holding up the women's title in the ring, that's your moment right there. I agree. And um, I would be in favor of it main eventing. I'm kind of indifferent because I think McIntyre deserves the spotlight. But I also think that uh, Sasha has had an amazing year too, and they have a great star to make in Bel Air. So I think it's a win-win regardless. So I, I'm, I see a case for both. Should be interesting, that's for sure, with the way they pace this card out. But speaking of Drew McIntyre, nice segue, Matthew. You're getting good at this, man. I like oh, it. Thanks. Uh, thanks <laughs> we're fans of Drew McIntyre, you and I. It's been established. We are not fans of the current WWE champion, Bobby Lashley. I will say that title looks good on him. You know, it looks like it belongs on his shoulder. But man, he's so boring. Like, I just... Our, our friend Matt Ibanez, as we like to bring up every year, Lashley is the guy who went away for 10 years and came back stale, right? <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Very true. I think... Um... MVP really helped him out a lot. I was disappointed to hear that his stable broke up because the Hurt Business, I felt, really carried him. Uh, I think he helped the, you know, he obviously was the leader of the group the whole time. Actually, I'll, actually, I'll rephrase that. I think MVP has been the leader the whole time. And I feel like McIntyre might as well be feuding with, like, MVP. I feel like if MVP could still actively wrestle at a high level, he would be WWE champion right now and not Lashley. If this was five years, six years, seven years sooner, I think MVP would have gotten this push. But, you know, he serves as a strong mouthpiece for Lashley. And um, I think it's a great marriage between those two. MVP brings him a lot of, you know, he tries to really salvage Lashley in the personality department. I think it works. But I would have liked to see him maybe get the belt around the summertime. So we can really establish that Lashley is a main event player and not just this transitional champion for Drew. So you think Drew's going over? Yes, I do. I do. You don't? You know, I'm not so sure. You know, when you brought that up, he could have the title in the summer and built him up. Maybe they use the WrestleMania win to really build Lashley some more. Yeah, I guess. And I guess it, let's say if Lashley and McIntyre doesn't main event, you know, you could have Lashley go over him and the crowd not like completely crap on it, right? So you could have Lashley go over, like you said, build him some more. I, I would be okay with that. You know, as long as the ending point is that McIntyre ends up with that belt. I think that's important. If this main events, I think Drew has to go over 
to not put a you know giant wet fart at the end of the show. But if it doesn't main event, then I think, yeah, you could have Lashley go over. And, I mean, I don't like Wrestle, uh, feuds to continue beyond WrestleMania. I think that should be the end of it. But, you know, they like to do it. So I think if the at the end of the day, if Drew wins the title at some point from Lashley, I think you're that's where you want to be. But, you know, to have Lashley go over at WrestleMania, as long as it's not the last thing that we see on night one, I don't see a problem with that. Actually, yeah, the more we're talking, like, I'm totally in favor of Lashley going over here because for, like, a babyface like McIntyre, it's all about the chase, right? Like, he has to chase the championship. So, like, I feel like McIntyre had the most momentum when we were that time between Rumble last year and WrestleMania because people were like, oh, wow, I can't wait to see McIntyre challenge and win that belt. And it was really exciting. And he's done a great job as champion this year, but I don't, obviously the pandemic struck, so I can't really fault him or creative for it. But I think baby faces are most interesting when they're chasing. And right now the chase is weak because Lashley isn't a strong main eventer yet. So, you know, to your point, I, I'm okay with Lashley going over here. I'm going to change my pick. I'm going Lashley because I think you make a good point. I think he needs to be a stronger heel. And I think this is a good way to get him there. So um, and then maybe they could sell a pay-per-view in the spring on Lashley taking, excuse me, uh, McIntyre taking back the belt. I like that idea. Yeah, Drew maybe working his way up through uh, some random mid-carders or upper mid-card guys, whoever they would be at this point. And, um, you know, chasing again, like, oh, I lost and I got to, you know, build up some wins. Not that wins matter in wrestling, but, you know, got to build up some momentum and get that nice, uh, that big pay-per-view win at... Uh, I don't know, SummerSlam is probably too late for this, but whatever the one before that is. Extreme Rules, Money in the Bank, one of those. Yeah, exactly. I think sometimes like it's great to have payoffs at Mania, but you want to pay off things that matter. And I'm not sure if this feud matters too much yet. So maybe we can make it matter by giving Lashley a big win. And I think part of the reason it doesn't really matter that much is because Lashley just became champion in... I don't know, March, February, whenever that happened, not that long ago. So he hasn't had time to really build up and be like, hey, look how dominant I am as champion. Like, no, I just got it. And MVP is my uh, my mouthpiece and my, I don't want to say muscle because Lashley doesn't need any more of that. But, you know, he's my guy in my corner. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of, um, you know, I just think that he, it's an interesting main event because you're trying to get McIntyre, your big, strong baby face over a big heel, but you're struggling to build a heel. You're kind of trying to build your heel at the expense of your baby face at WrestleMania, which is, it's a strange predicament because usually you have a monster heel. I feel like if this kind of brings me back to my point, I love if the main event for this show, and I think it should have been McIntyre challenging Roman Reigns. I think that are, those are your two biggest stars. I know that they're on two different brands, but I just think that Roman is such a monster heel, so why not put your best baby face against him, right? So no disrespect to Edge or Bryan. They're just not the future baby face. And I think their top baby, like Roman and Drew, I think would be a great uh, era feud, so to speak, like uh, the next two guys. So I think hopefully down the line, we kind of get that as a main event attraction, but I just don't think there are many heels for McIntyre to really take down. And speaking of Drew and Reigns, they had a match. When was that? Survivor Series or something? Sometime yeah. early or late last year, they had a match, and it was really good. And 
it kind of got me looking forward to, okay, what if these guys had a rivalry that just stretches, you know, whatever, keep them away from each other and then circle back around like, hey, I need to get my win back or, hey, you're a jerk or whatever. Um, yeah, I think they could be, as you said, the next two guys. And that would be, I mean, yeah, this your top heel and your top baby face. And right now they're separate, but put them together. I think you got a good uh, a good thing going. Yeah, it's just kind of strange to me that, like, I mean, not to rebook the entire card, but like, I think we need to, Matt. I think so. Like, what if you just, <laughs> just off the top of my head, what if you threw Edge and AJ together for a singles match? What if you threw Brian chasing Bobby Lashley, and then you have McIntyre chasing Roman Reigns, like as three of your top matches? I think that totally turns the card upside down, and it's a little bit more palatable and more attractive. All of that, like those three matches are infinitely more interesting than anything we just talked about, I think. I know. And then, I mean, I'm obviously not a master booker in the slightest. I just, I don't know. I, f- I feel like this card's a little upside down. Like this, the triple threat, don't get me wrong. It's going to be a, a great match and we'll get there. But like, it's just kind of ugly, like on paper to me. Like, I feel like a monster heel needs a monster baby face. And I think McIntyre was that guy, but they kind of flubbed it. And on the flip side, I think Lashley could really use a baby face like Brian that's tiny and that he can get heat on. And that would have been just like a great, and it's also not a feud that we've seen before. So I think that they really, they have all the pieces. I feel like this has been the song and dance for WWE for years. They have all the pieces, but they just don't really put connect the puzzle in the most attractive and beneficial way. And who am I to say they just sold the WWE network for billions of dollars. So I'm sure they're doing just all right. But I think that the product could be better if just some more thought was put into it. Well, I'll say two things on that. Um, I think that, you know, you brought up Lashley versus Brian. I feel like that would have been a good way for Lashley to cement himself as a more dominant champion. And I think maybe this feud with Drew could have been held off because Lashley, like, he's facing somebody who's about the same size as he is, right? I mean, Lashley probably has, I don't know, 10, 20 pounds on him, but realistically, they're closer in size than, say, Lashley and Daniel Bryan. So maybe they could have... uh, move some things around and all that. But uh, the second thing I want to say is you mentioned maybe the product could be a little better. Matt, I wouldn't hold your breath because like you said, they just sold the network for billions of dollars. They're making money without fans in the stands. They don't need us anymore. <laughs> I know. They don't need me in my neck beard anymore, Patty. It's, it's a sad realization. <laughs> but the thing is though, I'm always interested. You know, I, I always, I've always loved wrestling and, uh, But when you have a passion for something, you always think about how you can make it better. And granted, I don't deal with anything in WWE. So for me to just be an armchair booker is easy. So maybe there was some logistics or politics blocking that booking. But I think those three singles matches alone are way better mania feel than what we're getting. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of tell just by the way we're kind of lukewarm at best about most of this card. And you just brought up three, I don't want to say random matches, but three matches that would have more heat. You can go back to the story of uh, Edge and AJ at the Rumble when AJ got hurt, when Edge got in there. You got a story there. You know, Lashley and Daniel Bryan, that can write itself. And McIntyre, Reigns has already happened, so you have something to build on already. Right, and I think McIntyre and Reigns are your future. So it's very strange to me that they didn't find a way to pair them together for this show. It's just a little little peculiar. Yeah, we are going to get to Reigns. because that's, I mean, I've talked about it on the show before. He's the most interesting he's ever been, and it's, it's been the most fun. But that's going to be uh, 
that's going to wrap up for night two. Um, but yeah, night one, uh, as far as we're concerned, in the books, and um, like I said, lukewarm at best, but we got Cesaro Rollins to uh, to tide us over, I would think. Yes, one one for seven, though, or whatever it was, isn't Hall of Fame, Patty. But you know what? I'll I'll sit there, I'll get my snacks, I'll hang with my friends, enjoy, and it'll be fun. Um, but uh, it, I, I'm sure on paper, we've seen better manias, but we'll see. You know, I always enjoy it just for what it is. That's true. You're right. One for seven is not great, but that's okay, because we get to take a break, and we're going to come back after a sound effect I play here and talk about night two. Alrighty, so we are back. Let's get on to night two before uh, Matt has to go collect a very important package. Um, all right, we talked about the women's tag. We don't have to spend too much time on this, but yeah, so the winners of that tag team turmoil match are going to face Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Um, you picked the Riot Squad. I picked Natalia and Tamina. Either way, to be honest, I hope that uh, the, whatever team that is, that they win the belts because... I have no interest in Shayna Baszler. I'm not a fan of Nia Jax, so I hope nobody gets hurt, and I hope that a new team wins the belts. What about you? I agree with you 100%. Unfortunately, I don't know what happened with Baszler. I think that she kind of had a rough start with the whole vampire, I'm going to bite your neck gimmick. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure Vince ever got her, you know, to be honest. Like, I think she's super talented and I loved her in NXT because she brought like a sense of realism. You know, she was, she was a good worker, but she always brought this sense of realism and legitimacy to her matches that I really liked and was really uh, spotlighted in her NXT run. And she had some really great matches. And when she got called up, it just, I don't know, they just didn't really capitalize on it or they kind of, spotlighted her weaknesses so to speak like they had her cutting a lot of promos that just didn't come off very well and you know i feel like wwe does that sometimes when a talent a young talent can't cut a promo they make them cut more promos and it just really exposes them and i thought her feud with becky last year was really uh, underwhelming and i don't think she ever recovered and now she's just this tag team specialist with nia jackson it's kind of flat but i think she's worth more for sure i think she's really good nia is I know I know it's popular to kind of say that she stinks, but she does okay. You know she's like got a she got a good role like this, you know, enforcer in the women's division, and I feel like she's a little miscasted too. I feel like she can be a better singles heel that is kind of moderately used as a as a way to get baby faces over. You know, instead they're kind of hiding her in a tag division, which is strange. So to your point, I'm ready for these two to lose the straps and lose the team. And I would like the Riot Squad to win because they're an actual team. And maybe we can bring some credibility back to these women's uh, championships. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I mean, now I picked Tamina and Natalia, who are, I would think, like, they've become a legit team. But if you're going by who was a legit team before all of this mess started, then, yeah, it's got to be Riot Squad. And, yeah, bringing, you know, some kind of legitimacy, credibility, whatever word you want to use, to these women's tag belts instead of just hey, these two random people who were thrown together are champions now. I don't know. It's always just been kind of messy, and I don't know. It's just weird to see how they still keep trying to throw random stuff at the wall, hoping it sticks. Yeah, I agree. And I appreciate that 
they have the extra set of, set of tag belts for that division because it gives the women's division more things to do for the for the women that aren't competing for their champion for the singles championship. So I understand the logical like the logic behind it, but it's just not booked right. You know, like there's just something so off. Like WWE's never been a great tag team company, obviously. Well, they were years and like 30 years ago, but they just slapped two singles guys together. They've been doing that for 20 years. Like think of RVD and Kane and RVD and Booker T and RVD. I'm seeing a pattern here, but RVD and anybody like it just <laughs> slapped all these guys together. And um, it just doesn't really make for a credible match. Like people, it's more like they put people in a tag team that have nothing better to do rather than actually investing in them as a tag team, if that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense where like it's a lazy, uh, maybe lazy is the wrong word, but it's, I don't know, a crutch for them to throw people like, hey, you're not doing anything. Hey, this other person's not doing anything. Let's put them together and see what happens. And the result usually is uh, messy, to say the least. Right. It just leads to a, a cluster of things that people don't really care about. Unless I don't mind like a random tag team, like like a super tag team like the Charlotte and Asuka team that we got a couple months ago. I didn't mind that because you know that there's a story there or you thought there was going to be a story there where they're this team and then they realize that they really still hate each other and then they have a match at Mania. That's where I thought they were going and I thought that was a great way to use the tag belts at times. But it's really just such a blah championship and so are the men's belts to be honest at this point. So yeah, it is what it is. I do hope that they get the straps off of them, though, so they can kind of hit the reset button. Yeah, kind of tired of it. Um, so hopefully some changes coming. Otherwise, I don't know. Um, but speaking of Asuka, she was supposed to face Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, I think. And then I think Charlotte got COVID or at least had a quarantine because of contact tracing or something like that. Um, so not their fault. So in comes uh, Rhea Ripley. and. There's no there's no heat for this, but I can't blame the company for it because they were kind of out of options at this point. I mean, you had the Lacey Evans weird thing with the flares, and that was kind of messy, and then she's actually pregnant, so that's pretty cool. Congratulations. That's awesome. And then as far as the women's title goes, now you have Asuka kind of twiddling her thumbs, and then here comes Ripley, and they had to very quickly and haphazardly try to build this, and... I mean, it's not their fault. There's nothing they could have really done, I don't think. But the match should be very good. Yeah, I agree. I think that they did the best that they could. So your point, you know, I think they got a raw deal with Charlotte getting ill. And I think this was the best thing that they could put together. And I'm actually excited for it because I really like Rhea Ripley. And I think that these two will have a great match. Um, I wonder how they're going to book it, though. Like, is... Are they booking Rhea as like this dominant heel? And is she going to go over Asuka convincingly? Are they going to have a good match? Is Asuka going over? I really don't know. So I'm actually really looking forward to this. I think it'll be good. And it's kind of, um, you know, the best that they can do with the cards that they were dealt. So I, I think this is a good one. Yeah, this is one of the few times where, you know, I know I said before that I, I like to have feuds ended at WrestleMania. But when you had to start it three weeks ago, I'm OK with this one continuing afterward. Me too. Yeah. Speaking of weird things that were thrown together, uh, Riddle, Matt Riddle, I'm, I don't like the one name 
thing for all these people. But anyway, uh, Matt Riddle and Sheamus for the U.S. title. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this feud is based on uh, Sheamus hitting Riddle with his own scooter and uh, Riddle's mad about it. I think that's the uh, the baseline for this feud. Am I wrong? I honestly, I have no idea, but it's, it's just from... <laughs> It honestly, you just reminded me of when Edge and Booker T feuded over shampoo. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> it was fun, but I don't know how the scooter business is. But can we talk about Seamus's new attire with the undershirt with the suspenders? I love it. I think it's great. I think it's a very interesting look. I appreciate that it's different, but does he wrestle in that or no? Um, I've seen him wrestle in it once, but that might have been like a cinematic backstage thing and not like in the ring a real match gotcha i do appreciate that he tries to keep it fresh for he's been there for a long time but it doesn't feel like it because he tries to alter his look very subtly so i i I appreciate it i know that he became uh world champion by beating john cena in 2009 because we brian and i were watching at starters in bethlehem and i high-fived a random person who was a sheamus fan because it was just so fun and those are things i miss thanks to covid that I don't get to high five random strangers over wrestling, but yeah, he's been around a while but, and he's done. <laughs> he's done so much in, well, I was going to say in a short time, but he's been around a long time and it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't feel that way. Cause he never really had a chance to get stale. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, he had a couple, maybe like, a, like literally a year at most where it was just like so stale, but I think he's always, he's been a good hand and he's obviously reliable. He doesn't get injured much. You know, when he was fighting Randy Orton for about three years straight, it got a little tired. But <laughs> when you when you put him in a feud with a guy like Riddle, like some fresh talent, I'm, I have no problem with it. I think I think these two will have a really good match. Like the thing is, if they just would have gotten the wheels turning like six weeks ago rather than one, I think that they can garner a lot of interest. But it's just they just throw it all together. But they could have made this feud a lot more entertaining and a lot better but it is what it is and i i just i have become a pay-per-view watcher right so like i will watch very little weekly tv but then i'll always enjoy the pay-per-views and i feel like that is how i'm able to stay as a content fan because the pay-per-views always deliver and every match has this awesome production package to where i'm so pumped up to watch it and it makes it feel like there's a big build because their editing team is so incredible so if Seamus and Riddle have a 90-second video package that makes it seem like the greatest match in the world, and I watch it, I'll enjoy the hell out of it. But it's tough to really watch it week to week and get excited for it. Yeah, it's really weird. I really feel like the fact that they had a pay-per-view three weeks ago is not helping this build. I agree with that 100%. Like Because you know your number one contender was just feuding with Seamus, and now you're trying to get heat on Lash, him and Lashley in 20 days. Like, it's just not going to work. Yeah, they're really uh, putting things too close together. Like, hey, big show, big show. And then we got to build the WrestleMania. Okay, now you're building several matches that have no heat at all because we've already seen some higher profile matches two, three weeks ago. Yeah, less is more is not in their vocabulary. Like, it just doesn't happen that way, unfortunately. Because if this was one of, let's say even 12, one of 12 shows, one of, I feel like there's more than 12 now. Like, let's say it's one of six shows. Like this would feel like a huge, huge deal, but, and also allow the creative to get focused. Like if 
they're probably thinking, all right, put your seatbelts on, let's get ready for elimination chamber. And then we got to get ready for fast lane. And now you literally, like you said, have three weeks before WrestleMania and everything is just slapped together. And it doesn't feel any different than any other show until the day of. And then you see the crowd and the arena and the video packages, and then it feels special. But uh, I don't know, the anticipation sometimes isn't there anymore. Which is unfortunate. And uh, I mean, if you didn't like Riddle Sheamus, you're really not going to like this. I don't know what a Nigerian drum fight is, but the match between Big E and Apollo, it's got to be better than their fast lane one, right? You know, I think we're going to disagree. I actually really liked their fast lane match. You didn't like it? I thought it could have been, a, it could have gone a little smoother. I think that, not that I hated it, but I feel like it was kind of clunky a little bit. And I don't know. I like that this will give us a chance to maybe not like erase that, but hit the reset button as we, uh, as we like to say. And again, I don't know what a drum fight is, but it should be fun. I love Big E and Heel Apollo is the most interesting he's ever been, in my opinion. I, yeah, I agree. I think right now Big E's in an interesting spot because I think he needs a push. But right now, I think they're using him to help other talent and get the Intercontinental title over, right? So it's not like he's working with somebody that's going to get him over. He's working to get Apollo over and get the title over. So he's in an interesting spot, and I think he's doing a great job. I'm just looking forward to when I think he has the ability to be like a top three guy in the company. He's that talented. So I'm waiting for him to really have the trigger pulled on him and get that big push. But, you know, I'm excited for this. I think the reason I'm excited for it is because, like we said, this has actually some build to it. They've been feuding for what, six weeks at this point? Something like that. Yeah, there's actually heat here. Right. So exactly. So I don't mind it. Like if you give me a story and some dedication to it, I'll jump in with both feet and try to enjoy it. But if you slap two guys together and expect me to care, it's kind of hard. So, you know, I'm all for this match. I think it's kind of, you know, I, I appreciate the risk that they're taking with Apollo with like trying some different things with him and this gimmick match and something different. So I think it's pretty cool, but you know, whether it works or not is to be determined, but I, at least they're trying here and at least they're have some focus with these two. So I'm, I'm down with it. Yeah. There's something to this match. And um, I mean, you said Big E could be a top three guy in the company. I think a couple of years ago when we talked about uh, which wrestlers could be great baseball players, I made Big E, like the greatest player of all time. So I think you know where I stand on Big E. <laughs> I think he batted like 343 with 48 homers and 140 RBIs. Is that right? I'll go back and check the tape. Maybe I'll put the clip in here so I can have it <laughs> for everybody to listen to. <laughs> so sick. But he was, uh, his numbers were high. And so, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm very high on Big E. And uh, they've been doing some good stuff. So I've, I've enjoyed most of this feud. Like I said, I like the direction for Apollo because. He's doing something, so I'm interested. Again, don't know what a drum fight, Nigerian drum fight is, but here we go. Let's do it. All right, so uh, I don't have a segue unless it's sushi time. Is it? Are we close? We're close, but we can do another match before sushi time. We can do one. All right, so let's do Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. I don't know what this has to do with sushi, but uh, I didn't have anything from the last one. So I will sign up for these two anytime. Tag, singles four-way if they're involved, whatever it is. They're fantastic, especially together. Uh, sign me up. I love Sammy's gimmick, his conspiracy, uh, you know, this documentary. He's exposing the lies. I love every bit of it. I'm interested in the Logan Paul stuff. I 
only kind of know who that is. But I mean, put these two together, no matter what they're doing, there's a chance I'm going to love it. Yeah, 100%. We're in agreement here. So it seemed like Owens was headed for like this blood feud with Jey Uso, which I had no problem with. I thought it was kind of cool because I remember he slammed his arm in the elimination chamber door and Owens has been feuding with Reigns and his family for months. I thought they were going to blow that off at Mania to where Owens took out Uso so he couldn't, main, couldn't interfere in the main event. That would have been a great opener too, but they kind of made a left-hand turn and went with a Sammy Owens feud. And I have no problem with it. I think it's really awesome because these guys have pretty much started with each other from day one training, if I'm not mistaken. And here they are having a singles match at WrestleMania. I mean, that's like, it's unheard of. It's like a dream. So I'm happy to see those two do it. And um, the Logan Paul stuff, hopefully it doesn't um, compromise the match too much, you know, but I'm, grateful i think it's cool as i'm grateful as a fan that they used his celebrity status to bring it to those two guys because they deserve all the eyeballs and the exposure so i think it's a it's a great win i think it's a i think it'll be really good i think they have a strong opportunity to do some cool stuff at mania yeah i love it not much else i could say about it i'm all for it and we'll see where the logan paul stuff goes but yeah more eyeballs on these two is never a bad thing i agree i think it's a a win-win for everybody so i'm looking forward to that Man, Pat, I think we've had like two matches in a row I'm looking forward to. <laughs> well, we have two left, and one of them uh, is uh, a little bit messy, as we'll discuss. Oh, my God. It might be three matches. I think I know where we're going. I'm really excited now. This is good. Wow. Well, one of them's messy. That's the main. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, we have time for one more before sushi? Let me do, let me do the sushi run, and then I'll come All back right. and shoot your ear off about The Fiend. How does that sound? Oh, that sounds great, because that's where we're going. So Matt's going to get his sushi. Here's another sound effect. We'll be right back. I came up with another one, actually, while you were away. Sure. I'm going with Big E. Oh, wow. 280, 50 homers, 140 RBIs. Wow. And the reason he doesn't hit 300 is because he's, he's got 100 walks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He makes you think he's like the greatest ball player of all time. He is. He would be. Come on, this guy's this guy's got it all. What position would he play? He's too big. Uh, damn, Callaway's our part-time DH. Well, he never shows up. He's the he's the bench DH if that's a thing. <laughs> would he be like the the Jack Up Sandoval of the WWE team at third base? Um. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Would he? I don't know. I was thinking DH, but I figured, no, you kind of slotted Undertaker in there. Damn, now I don't know. Or is Taker even an everyday DH? He's not an everyday DH, you know? He's not an everyday anything. No, he's not. So, yeah, Big E's our primary DH. All right, that's fair. And yes. Big E is like straight straight out of Ken Griffey baseball. Oh, dude, he's the great, and he's like the greatest. Yeah. Exactly. Those are some serious numbers you gave him, though. Yeah, man. Well, he is kind of, he is very Ken Griffey-like, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Like, he's good, and he knows it. Right. Yeah, right. he's... Except he's the, a little injuring. He's getting injured every three months. I mean, not till later. Like, he put up the big numbers before that, so it'd be all right. Yeah, I agree. He'd be well worth that rookie deal. Definitely. All right, Matt's got a sushi, and now he's really excited to, uh, well, you got to wait to eat it because we have two more matches to talk about. And one of them you're very excited about. You want to chew my ears off about The Fiend. So I will let you go first. Randy Orton, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. You know, you know Alexa Bliss will be lurking somewhere. 
what do you got for this, man? I am super excited for this because I love The Fiend. Um, I know it's not for everybody, but I think that Bray Wyatt is just next level. I think he's excellent. I think that they're trying their best for like a new age undertaker. I get it. Some things are working. Some things don't. And that's just what happens with characters like these. I think they're experimenting some different things, which I don't fault them for. See what envelopes you can push. Like the whole black ink thing really isn't for me, a little corny, but the character to me is over and they're doing a good job with it. I love the new look. I'm a big horror movie guy. I love the look, the crispy fiend. I thought it was a good evolution of the character. Um, Patty, you did it to me. I can't believe it. We come full circle and I'm excited about WrestleMania again. You got me fired up for it. I can't wait to see. I'm looking forward to his entrance. I'm looking forward. I've always been an undertaker guy. So to get, you don't say, yeah, to get another kind of character that's not the same, but very similar to the way it's being booked. This is very reminiscent of WrestleMania 14, WrestleMania 20, where Taker goes away a while. He comes back and it's highly anticipated and he has a badass entrance and a memorable moment. So I think this is good news for Bray Wyatt. I think Orton's done really great work here. And he's probably the best heel in the company by a pretty large margin. Actually, second best, excuse me. We'll get to that guy in a second. But he's just done a great job helping out the Fiend character because everybody involved, even Alexa Bliss, like she has helped Bray Wyatt stay off of television for four months to sell the whole burning angle and but kept his presence on the show in a really positive way. Some things worked, some things didn't. But the bottom line is, I, it's hard to tell what's over and what's not when there's no fans. But to me, it's over. So I enjoy it. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this match. It has a, I don't know, to me, it has a big match feel. Like this, this feud, I appreciate build. These guys have been feuding since November. And here's the payoff. And let's enjoy it. So I'm down for it. I love it, man. I love how you're excited. I love that you went through all the stuff. Oh, dude, that's, this is so great. Exactly. Do you notice this is exactly the pat? Do this now? It's WrestleMania season. Patty, you got me fired yes. up. I'm ready. <laughs> I, I don't give a damn about almost. Okay. God bless him. I'm sure he's a great talent. But you know what? He doesn't get me fired up. You know, Biggie and Apollo, they're starting to get me fired up. It's a, it's a feud with some build. There's two young stars there. Let's do it. Riddle and Sheamus put on a classic. Go have some fun for 12 minutes and beat the crap out of each other. And now you got this nice uh, throwback return from the dead kind of uh, feud going on here with Orton and Fiend. I'm down for it. I dig it. I think it's good. What do you think? I like that you said the Fiend is over because at this point, like, nobody's really over. But it's such a weird thing where, like, yeah, you have the guys who are at the top of the card, but are they over? Are they really? We're not really sure. It's weird. But I love it. I love the Fiend. I love Bray Wyatt. I've said... Many times on the show, he is probably the most creative person on the roster, the most talented dude doing all different stuff. I do wish he would have a more impactful finisher. I get the story, the Sister Abigail, the story behind the move, that's fine. But I feel like now that he's come back, he needs something a little more, with a little more oomph. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, yeah now that I think about it, I'm done with that. I think like... Okay, I'm going to, obviously the comparison's The Undertaker. The Tombstone Piledriver has such like a finality to it. So yeah, I, I hear you. Maybe some sort of uh, 
move with more impact. I agree with that. I don't know what it could be though. Like I'm not really sure where I'd want it to go, but I just feel like he's it's a new I mean not a new character, but it's a new level of this like demonic character and you would think he was burned, he was chilling in hell with Cain or something. He might have learned a new uh, more vicious move. Um I would hope that'd be nice. I'm down with that. I think that's cool. I, I don't know if Mania is the right place to debut a new finish, but I agree. Like maybe post Mania, he can get a new finish going there. I mean, he did adopt the mandible claw, which I'm a big fan of. I'm a big Mick Foley guy. So I'm, all, I'm on board with that all the way. It's very healed though. It's a very healed move. Unless you have a sock over your hand. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? He should use uh, one of the puppets from the Funhouse. Oh, that'd be, that'd be kind of funny. Actually. I would, I wouldn't mind that. Like, actually, edit that out. That's that's terrible, actually. Yeah, I'll cut that out. No problem. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, the more I thought about it, I was like, I'm making a demon character funny. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can get away with it as time goes by. I don't know where the character will lead, but that might work. Maybe if, like, one of the puppets from the Funhouse is also charred, like the rest of his body. <laughs> Maybe. That's an interesting that work? take on it. Maybe. <laughs> I have no idea. But um, I don't know, man, that's that's the thing. Like, OK, so we're talking about all the wonkiness and getting all these ideas. That's why I love the character so much. You can take it in whatever direction because Bray Wyatt is so talented, so creative. You can tell his fingerprints are all over this because I give him a lot of credit because, you know, his career wasn't exactly on fire when he was tag team champions with the babyface Matt Hardy. So he went away for a long time. He. I believe, I could be wrong on this, but he reached out to Tom Savini from the horror movie industry, had this idea for The Fiend, made it come to life, and now he's a main event star that's not going anywhere. So I got a lot of respect for that. And I just love the evolution of the character as well. So, you know, I, I really look forward to seeing him get a nice moment at WrestleMania with a, with a top heel like Randy Orton. I think it'll be good stuff. I also love how Bray Wyatt's last two, or his WrestleMania feud, last year was John Cena. This year it's Randy Orton. You can't ask for, you know, to feud with better guys with a character like this or at WrestleMania in general, because they're both, you know, they're over, they're top guys. They have been for a long time. So I think that's credit to Bray Wyatt is that he gets this time to shine with a top guy like Randy Orton. I agree. And I, he's one of the very few people, I could be wrong on this, but besides Triple H, I think he's the only guy to work with Orton and Cena twice at WrestleMania. Um, I don't have the... Uh the historic numbers to back that up. So I'll agree with you and say you are correct because that sounds better. Now, when we're talking about wrestling and you say you are correct, that's the translation is you are a bigger nerd than I am. Correct. You are correct. In this context. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Maddie, I'm talking to a guy who can rattle off pay-per-view cards from 1999 through probably 2015. So I mean, you definitely, if this is a contest to see who's the bigger nerd, you're winning in a landslide. Are you trying to tell me that RVD versus Eddie Guerrero from Judgment Day 02 wasn't the best opener of all time? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I don't have that, you know, right at the front of my brain. That's all. I should probably have more <laughs> productive information at the front of my brain, but that's just the way it worked. I'm going to go watch that now if I can find it on the network. It's probably on YouTube at this point. Now, did you ever see Cable Guy? Instead of him watching cable, it was just me watching old pay-per-views over and over again. <laughs> so the network really was a godsend for you. Oh, yeah. 
Also, just uh, to wrap this Orton uh, Fiend business, I love what Alexa Bliss has been doing. You mentioned it. She was able to keep this going without the Fiend on TV and really sell that story. And she has been, you know, like you said, it's not for everybody. It's 100% for me. I love every bit of it. Same. We've been agreeing a lot today, Patty. That's great. Usually doesn't make good radio, but for the fact that we started uh, lukewarm at best, and now that we're really excited on for you know when we got to night two, I'd say this is a good time to agree. I feel like we started off this by just two like wrestling fans in their thirties, two two nerds just grumbling about how much it sucks, and now we're just these passionate nerds that are super excited for it. We've turned back into marks. Yeah, I'd say for sure. But to the now to back to the ticket sales. We were grumbling about night one the entire time, but we've been nothing but ecstatic about night two. So, like, how pissed would we be if we bought tickets to night one and not night two? Matt, there'd be a lot of beer that would have to help me uh, get through night one, I would think. I agree. But you know what? Stranger things have happened. We will see. Yeah. Very interesting. Speaking of very interesting, that's a weak segue. I'm sorry. But (laughs) we talked about... (laughs) No, it's not a weak segue. Roman Reigns, this is the best he's ever been, and I don't know why it took so long to get here, but I'm grateful for it because this has been fantastic. Um, I am a little bummed out that Edge doesn't get his one-on-one because I think the Rumble winner should have a one-on-one for the title at WrestleMania. I think that's uh, maybe that's the old-school fan in me. Maybe I'm just a, a huge dork, but I think that's how it should go. But at the same time, I'm never against watching Daniel Bryan wrestle, so... It's a little messy, it's a little wonky, but I think it's going to be really good, and I'm really interested to see where they go with it. Yeah, same. I mean, not to keep agreeing with you, Pat, but I think that Reigns is the star here, and I think him and Edge was a great main event. I really was looking forward to it, because this whole time, I feel like since Roman's turned, he's built up baby faces to face him. He's built up, I thought he built up Jay Uso, he built up Owens. And then I was like, finally, we get a, an established babyface to help Reigns get over more as a heel, even though he's done an amazing job already. But then they kind of randomly turned to Edge heel, I think. And here comes Brian. So it's a little awkward for me. But like you said, like, how can you complain about Daniel Bryan being inserted into the main event? So I think that I do love that one-on-one main event feel. And I was down for, I think, the story was there. I mean, I believe night two is the 10 year anniversary of Edge's retirement, which is like a crazy coincidence. And I felt like you had a great story there and then you just kind of uprooted it. But I think the match will be excellent. It doesn't feel like a WrestleMania main event, but I think once all guys, all the guys get in the ring and they start tearing the house down, it'll be really great. Yeah. There were a lot of ways to go here and they picked kind of the most convoluted one. And yeah, they randomly turned edge and, I mean, just you could have imagined the one-on-one, say Edge goes, I mean, not that Edge would have gone over Roman one-on-one, but just imagine 10 years of the day he had to retire or his last match, whatever it was, and he wins the title again at WrestleMania. Just, man. And there are going to be fans in the stands this time around. I don't know how many, but that's going to really add another great element to it, something that's been missing for the last year. So, I don't know, go get vaccinated so we can all go to shows again, people. There's my PSA. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Are they aiming for like 45,000 people at this show? I think so. Um, That's the first number I heard. I've heard a couple different numbers floated around, but I mean, hey, it's better than the zero that we've been treated to, right? Sure. And I think that WWE really does. I mean, Kevin Dunn drives me nuts. 
with some of the stuff that they do, but their video production crew is amazing. But I trust that they will shoot this in a way that it's going to feel like there's 80,000, right? So I'm sure the camera side is going to be loaded, whether there's people spaced out or not, maybe put some stuff in between there. I don't know. Like, I feel like it'll be very visually appealing as a viewer. And uh, I think it'll be, I think it'll be very memorable. I think this has a chance to be a really good WrestleMania. Um, I think it's going to be more of a statement that like, we're kind of getting back to some normalcy which is really nice. And hopefully everybody stays safe while they're at the show and people are vaccinated there. I hope so. But I'm just glad that, you know, we're treated to another WrestleMania. I was very grateful for last year's show and I'm grateful for this year's show. You know, these are some crazy times and I'm just grateful to be able to watch some wrestling and nerd out and have some fun. And, you know, the night two really got me pumped up for it. And uh, I'm down, man. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock. I love it. We started this, like you said, uh, a couple of neckbeards in their 30s, like, back in my day, and now here we are. We have completely turned it around, and we are excited to see everything that's going to happen. I mean, we're going to watch it regardless. We're going to be happy with things. We're going to be disappointed with some things, but at the end of the day, it's going to be fun. We're going to enjoy ourselves, and thankfully, it's not a one-day, eight-hour show. No, instead, it's just a two-day, eight-hour show. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then... uh, Right after is the Broken Skull session, Stone Cold, with his guest, AEW's Chris Jericho, which is insane, and I love it. Absolutely insane. I can't, I can't believe that that's even a thing. I had a group chat with uh, my buddies, and they all thought, like, I was kind of walking the dogs at the time, and I kind of was looking at my phone, and some people were saying it was an April Fool's joke, and I was like, oh, yeah, there's no way that's going to happen. And then I get back home, and I'm like, Holy crap, this is actually happening. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where they go, how far they go, how much they can talk about, or you know, what they avoid. It's gonna be very interesting. And to put that, to like to have that guest with this ho with that host, Stone Cold, after Wrestle like night two of WrestleMania, that's it's not gonna get any better. Well, okay, let me rephrase. The Undertaker documentary last year probably is gonna take that for you anyway right? (laughs) I mean, that was awesome. I loved it. But this is like some unprecedented grounds here. Like, it's just unbelievable. Like, this is essentially a giant AEW commercial right after WrestleMania. Yeah. And I love it. This would be, I'm trying to think what the equivalent would be back in the day. So if some, whoever had a show, I don't know who it would have been, but if they would have had, I don't know, Nash, Goldberg, yeah, exactly. What if they interviewed Nash the night after WrestleMania, like 14 or 13 or something? It's like, it's like, it's so strange. I love it though. I feel like every uh, company should just have talent sharing, just let everybody appear everywhere and work everywhere and just give us as fans the best, uh, the best action you can. That, I mean, I don't know what that would do with your show, you know, ratings wise or whatever, long-term with, you know, keeping things straight, but it'd be really fun for me specifically. Agreed. I, I think Tony <laughs> Khan's really opened up this window of working with all promotions and it'd really be something if WWE got on board too. Uh, I mean, who's to say that the next guest on Austin's podcast isn't John Moxley? Like how far, like we got Jericho. Who's to say we don't get other AEW talent on there? Oh, now you got me excited for all the guests who could come after. Oh my goodness. What if he just had Tony Khan? What if he just said, <laughs> it? Apparently, I could be wrong on the quote here, but Austin had just asked McMahon or something, and he was just like, yeah, go for it. 
Like, no discussion. Just go for it. Well, oh, of course, pal. I think the fans are going to love it. Listen to him out there. They're going to love it, pal. Yeah, he's like, I haven't seen Jericho in three years. I wonder what he's been up to. You can invite him on the show, Steve. <laughs> that has to be it, right? He has no idea what's going on in AEW, right? <laughs> he has no idea. He barely knows it's a company. <laughs> Insane. I, I wouldn't be shocked. That would be so funny. Oh, my gosh. All I want is a decent T-shirt off a of shop, Patty. I mean, that would be, uh, talk about bringing things full circle. Oh, my goodness. Yes, a decent T-shirt on WBShop.com. Please, just one. Just one. Yep. Can't happen. The last ones we bought were the Southpaw Regional Wrestling, and we wore them to a convention, and they were very over. People loved them. So if you don't have that one already, I suggest getting that one. Southpaw, that was a fun segment that they had for a bit. Oh, man, that was so great. This was a fun segment that we had for the last however long we've been doing this, because... Matt, I look forward to this show every year, previewing WrestleMania with you. And uh, it started off a little wonky, a little, uh, little grumbly, but we made it all the way around to now I think we're both really looking forward to the show, yes? Yeah, hell, definitely. I'm very excited. And uh, we started off cranky, a little grumbly, but the show kind of reached its peak, and now I'm pumped, baby. So we're good. Mission accomplished, Patty. You got me pumped for Mania. There we go. We did it. Two nights, tonight and tomorrow on Peacock and... I think it's still WB Network internationally, but uh, for those of our American friends, get Peacock. There's a lot of great stuff on there. Good stuff. Thank you very much, Patty. Thanks for uh, bringing me on my annual chat with you. I, it's always great catching up. We both love wrestling. It brings us together every year all the time. And uh, man, I'm very appreciative to uh, chat with you. And uh, for your listeners, I don't know uh, if they know, but congratulations uh, on you becoming a father in about a month or so. You're going to be a wonderful dad with your wonderful wife, Jill, and uh, wish you guys the best of luck. Oh, Maddie, you're choking me up over here. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, I appreciate you coming on as always. This is always, I, like I said, I look forward to this episode every single year. And uh, I would say we did not disappoint. So, friends, that's all for the WrestleMania stuff. There's more me right after this. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks, Pat. And there you have it. My thanks, as always, to Matt Shaw for joining me, for breaking down all the things. I like that. We started off kind of, uh, uh, I don't know about this. And by the end of it, we turned into little marks again, and we were having a great time. And now we're both excited to watch WrestleMania tonight and tomorrow on Peacock, or if you're international, uh, by that I mean outside the U.S. Uh, I believe it's still WB Network, and I think you can still buy it on regular pay-per-view if that's how you do the thing. But uh, in any case, that's all. That is all I say as we talk for like an hour or more. Um, that's all for the show today. Thank you for joining me. TheNextLevelNetwork.com for all of our stuff, TheMelticPat.com for all of my stuff, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and all that. I'm at TheMelticPat. The network is the Next Level Network on Facebook. Do the thing over there. 209-867-7638. That's me. Leave your questions, comments, concerns, observations, and of course, corrections as a text or a voicemail. Do the thing over there. All right? All right. That's it. We did it. We made it. G-Love and Special Sauce with Cold Beverage. They're going to play us out as they always do. Philadelphonic.com for more from them. And that, my friends, is our show again. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your day, whatever you got going on. All right, this has been an 8 Boiling production. So until next time, have fun. Be safe. Thank a veteran. And of course, don't do anything I wouldn't do. You've been inside the Melting Pat on the Next Level Network. Go crap open a cold one. Yo. Gotta get a cold beverage. I need some leverage. A sweaty ass has a lemonade. Will be nice of a spice from
spicy. If you like a taste of tea, then come along with me. Summertime is steaming, don't give me no rush. Glass some ice and a dash of from it's martini time. Yeah, yeah, feeling gold and bring your own beverage. It's made so it's cold. I like cold beverage, yeah. I like cold beverage, yeah. I like cold beverage, yeah. From the fat and real good sounding Chocolate egg cream, yo, on to the cherry browns And for a chill bar, all shoes and my ride Wobbles to the right, they got beverage inside of me A hot coffee and fill it up with ice Watermelon, it's like it's rain Please fix me a large slice Summertime is cool, the heat is getting old Yeah, I have a beverage, it's sweet, so it's cold Go, 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 go Something from the bar? Yeah, I like cool beverage, yeah I like cool beverage, yeah I'm feeling kind of party. Stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge. Stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge. Go girl, work the cold one. Go girl, work the cold one. What? Go girl, work the cold one. Go girl, work the cold one. Yo, where I'm fishing? Let's keep one thing clear. The bait's over there, the brew's right here. Two six packs in a big bag of ice. And you look at the bite, but the brew tastes a nice back to the ball. So very jackery's and a collada. Need a whole lot of them food drinks. They got me a buzz. I must tell you, I'm the Kool-Aid kid. Before you serve my drink, please stick it in the fridge. Cause I like cool beverage, yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah. Uh-huh, I'm kind of thirsty. Yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah.